How's life going for you? If you're like most of us, the trials and challenges of life just keep coming. God didn't promise you an easy life, but the challenges of life don't have to overcome you. You can survive them courageously and ultimately with joy. You just need three things, the right perspective on God, the work of the Holy Spirit, and the power of prayer. This is The Wisdom Journey. Stephen called this lesson, How to Keep from Falling Away. We arrive today at the final section of teaching from the Lord in the Upper Room. At this very moment in other places around Jerusalem, religious leaders, uh, they're all huddled together in closed-door meetings, and soldiers are gathering their swords, and, and Judas is bargaining for the price, frankly, of his own soul. There is a rather tender concern and love in the Lord's heart for his disciples. The passage began here in verse 1 with the Lord telling them, I have said all these things to you to keep you from falling away. This expression, falling away, carries the idea of, of losing heart. Well, now, here in chapter 16, Jesus is going to summarize several themes that he's already taught his disciples over the course of these last a few days. He's kind of like a preacher you know, wrapping up his sermon by saying, now let's review the points before we, we close, and, and you hope he hurries. Well, I can tell you the disciples aren't, aren't really wanting to hurry. They're, they're listening carefully. There are five points Jesus is going to review here in chapter 16. Here's point number one. Persecution is guaranteed. Now, you might think that, you know, Jesus would have been more encouraging if he had told them, now, if you follow me, you'll have it made. He's not really interested, though, in recruiting more followers. He's interested in making disciples, and he's going to tell them the truth. He says here in verse 2, they will put you out of the synagogues. Well, that's, that's very serious, by the way. The synagogue was the place of fellowship, friendship, weddings, festivals, uh, village meetings. To be barred from the synagogue was really to be cut off from every friend and, and every family member, every advantage, every economic possibility. Let me tell you, for the Jewish person, to be kicked out of the synagogue meant to be living and, and dying alone. But that's not all. Jesus goes on to say here in verse 2, the hour is coming when whoever kills you will think he's offering service to God. They're going to hunt you down in, in the name of some religion. By the way, before his conversion, remember Saul of Tarsus is going to fulfill this prophecy. Now, is Jesus trying to, to terrify his disciples? <laughs> no. He explains here in verse 4, but I have said these things to you that when their hour comes, you may, you may remember that I told them to you. Now, Jesus doesn't stop here with what they can expect. He goes on to tell his disciples how they can survive and survive with joy. Here's his second point. The helper is on the way. Verse 6. But because I've said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away, for if I do not go away, the Helper 
will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Now, in our wisdom journey, we've already discussed the Lord's comments here on the advantages of the ministry of the Holy Spirit to the believer. He's, he's a constant, indwelling, ever-present helper. The word helper here is parakletos. It literally means one called alongside of you. Jesus is saying, I- I'm eventually going up, but I'm going to send the Spirit down. He's going to create the New Testament church. He's going to indwell all believers. He's going to effectively walk alongside of you. He's going to guide you, verse 13, into all truth. So persecution is guaranteed, but the person of the Holy Spirit is on the way. Well, here's Jesus' third point. Sorrow and confusion are only temporary. Jesus says here in verse 16, a little while and you will see me no longer, and again a little while, and you will see me. That sounds like a riddle. Some of the disciples are confused by this. Well, Jesus is referring to his death uh, when he disappears, but then he, he refers to his resurrection three days later when they, they see him again. Jesus says they're going to experience deep anguish, but then great joy. And he illustrates that kind of emotional swing by going into the delivery room of a local hospital here in verse 20. He says, you will be sorrowful, but your sorrow will turn into joy. Well, that's like when a woman is giving birth. She has sorrow because her hour has come, but when she has delivered the baby, she no longer remembers the anguish for joy that a human being has been brought or born into the world. I happen to be the second-born son of four boys in my family, and I've often thought about the fact that a a second-born child is the result of a mother forgetting her anguish and only remembering the joy. And I'm grateful for that because I was number two in line, and my mother was willing to go through it all over again. Well, now here's the fourth point that Jesus is rehearsing. Here it is. Prayer is the primary lifeline. The Lord's resurrection is going to answer many of the disciples' questions. Jesus says here in verse 23 that their questions will be eventually replaced by prayers to the Father in Jesus' name. He promises them uh, here in verse 24 that their prayer life is going to bring them joy and, and many answered prayers according to the will of God. Here's the Lord's fifth and final point. Courage will always be needed. He says here in verse 32, The hour is coming, indeed it has come, when you will be scattered each to his own home and will leave me alone. Yet I am not alone, for the Father is with me. I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. Don't miss that point, beloved. Jesus doesn't say you're going to find peace in your circumstances. No, you're going to find peace in him in the midst of your circumstances. When our children were young, and we had four of them, before bedtime, my wife would read novels and biographies to them, typically in the living room with our children perched around her. Uh, one of them would be brushing their mother's hair, which was their you know, rather clever way to get their mother to read longer than usual. It's a memory I, I cherish to this day. 
Well, one of the books my wife read was the missionary biography of Adoniram Judson. Judson was barely into his work there in Burma when he was taken captive and charged as an English spy, which he wasn't. His wife, Anne, explored every possible channel to have him released. And meanwhile, Adoniram was imprisoned in a, in a tiny cell with other prisoners. The temperature was unbearably hot, and they were never allowed to bathe. The conditions were, were putrid, terrible. One day, the officials decided to torment Adoniram even more by hoisting him up by his thumbs. Pain filled every fiber of his being, and when he returned to his cell, Anne would arrive for a brief visit, and she'd always say to him, hold on, Adoniram, God will give us the victory. Well, after months of incarceration, Adoniram was released to serve as an interpreter between the English and Burmese as they sought to reach some kind of peace settlement. He was separated from Anne for some time, but during that time, no one told him that, that Anne was dying. Well, months later, when he was freed to return home, his body was so broken, uh, it, was, it was a miracle, frankly, that he could walk. And as he slowly limped toward his home, he saw a, a child sitting in the dirt, a little girl so covered with filth that he, he failed uh, at first to recognize her as his own daughter. When he arrived at their simple hut, he went in, and, and, and squinting through the darkness, he saw Anne, weak and frail. Hugging their youngest daughter to his chest, he knelt down and he wept, calling his wife's name over and over. One author wrote, his hot tears fell on her face, and slowly her eyes began to move with recognition. She struggled to speak, and, and then as she passed away. Her last words to him were these, hold on at an arm. God will give us the victory. Let me tell you, this is the message of Jesus to his disciples. As chapter 16 concludes, the Lord says here in verse 33, I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. That sounds a lot like, hold on, God will give you the victory. Beloved, no matter how challenging, how painful, how difficult, hold on, God will indeed give you the victory. Well, until we set sail again, beloved... May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. Stephen called this lesson, How to Keep from Falling Away. We released this lesson on November 2nd, and we have a free resource to help you prepare for the upcoming Christmas season. Does the busyness of the holidays distract you from the true meaning of what you celebrate? We have a resource to help you lead your family in an intentional, Christ-honoring activity. It's called the Advent Event. It's a fun, 
easy, and enriching family activity that you'll do each day in December. It fits easily into your busy schedule. Learn more at wisdomonline.org forward slash advent. Then join us next time on The Wisdom Journey. 